Episode number 30, Getting Organized with Brittany Nelson. Here we go, tribe. This is the Kidman Tribe Podcast. We're helping you as children's pastors, volunteers, and leaders plan, create, and execute incredible life-changing kids worship experiences at your church. With practical tips, coaching, training, and resources from the best in kids ministry around the world. It's time to join the tribe. Hey guys, we're just at the end of spring. We're stepping into summer. And today is a great day to get organized and deal with all of those administrative things that nobody likes to deal with. Welcome to the Kidman Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Noble, and I'm so glad you're here. Ministry comes at us fast. It's difficult and challenging to stay organized and handle all the administrative tasks as well as ministry demands. Getting organized is an important topic to talk about as Kidman leaders, especially when administration is not one of your giftings. Listen, take the next six months and let's make this your goal. Today, I welcome Brittany Nelson to the show. Brittany's a children's pastor and the creator of DeeperKidman.com, an online hub of downloadable resources made for children's ministry leaders by children's ministry leaders. She works to support children's ministry leaders around the world by sharing resources and encouragement that grow kids deeper in their faith. Her other adventures include being a mom to the two sweetest little girls, being married to a youth pastor, reading as many books as she can, volunteering in children's ministry and youth ministry, drinking lots of herbal tea. She one day hopes to run in the Disney Princess Half Marathon, dressed as her favorite princess, Belle. You're definitely not going to want to miss this incredible podcast today on helping you get organized. It's going to give you some great tips and will help you get organized and succeed for the best year ahead. I hope you're ready for the Kidman Tribe today. We're going to jump in with Brittany right after this. Hey Tribe, Jason here. I want to tell you about our ready-made kids media library at 1230 Kids, specifically targeting in on our games. I don't know about you, but games add such an incredible, great, fun aspect to our children's ministry experiences that you're not going to want to miss what 1230 has to offer when it comes to games. We have dozens of games on the site that are ready for you to plug and play into your kids' worship experience. They're video-based, meaning all you have to do is push play. We also give you multiple versions of the games so that you can have multiple outcomes and use them over and over again. You can purchase the games a la carte or through our affordable subscription plans. To see our library of games, go to 1230kids.com games. That's 1230kids.com backslash games. I promise you, you're going to love all of the games on the website. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kidman Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Noble, and I'm so excited today to have Brittany Nelson here on the podcast, somebody who is an expert in organization keeping us organized, talking about administration, also runs Deeper Kid Ministry. And so I can't wait to hear, Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're up to. And I know this is going to be a good topic. I talk to children's pastors all the time who tell me, man, I got into this and I had no idea the amount of paperwork and administration. And like, I feel like, and really like, honestly, 95% of what we do as kids pastors is administration and organization and leadership and all of that stuff. And, you know, we're going to talk about that today. So let's dig in. And Brittany, tell us about you. We want to hear you and let's go for it. 
Yeah. So my name is Brittany Nelson. I'm the creator of Deeper Kidmen. We're an online hub of downloadable resources made for children's ministry leaders by children's ministry leaders. So if you're familiar with Teachers Pay Teachers or Download Youth Ministry, we're kind of like that, but for the children's ministry community. Um, I'm a former children's pastor. So I was a children's pastor for about five years at a mobile church, which meant that we met at a local high school. We didn't have a building of our own, um, which is always fun. <laughs> it has yeah, a, oh a, little, a good layer of uh, creativity to ministry, I think. Um, my husband is a youth pastor. We have two little girls, one sort of brand new one. She's about three months old. And then another oh. one just turned three. Wow. So, Are you guys getting any yeah. sleep? Uh, some, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Hopefully right. by the time this airs, it'll be, <laughs> we'll be sleeping, <laughs> You'll be there. sleeping well. <laughs> we just had our first grandson. Our grandson's uh, five months old. So he was born. Oh, in congratulations. So it's so much fun having little ones. Luckily though, grandparent is so much better because we get to just love them and send them home. Yep. And, you yep. know. <laughs> yep. So you get to send them home at the end of the night. <laughs> yep. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. So talk a little bit about Deeper Kidman. What, yeah. are, what kind of resources sure. that? You know, yep. yep. So like I said, it's creative, downloadable resources made for children's ministry leaders by children's ministry leaders. So everything on the site is created by someone who has a foot in the children's ministry world. Um, a majority of our creators are people who are leading a children's ministry. So local children's pastors or children's ministry leaders who created an event or wrote a lesson or made a game that worked for their children's ministry. And they thought, hey, somebody else might want to use this too. And so they share it and sell it through Deeper Kidmen so that other ch children's ministry leaders can use it as well. So right. we've got everything from full curriculum series, one-off lessons like for Promotion Sunday or a special summer lesson, um, Christmas series, games, worship videos, family resources that you can you know share with the families in your ministry, some administrative stuff as well. It's kind of kind of all over the board. But I always say if it's something that will make a children's pastor's life easier, <laughs> then it's something that we're willing to share and, and to put out there. Um, so those are kind of the resources that that we provide. It's like I said, all over the place. We've got a, a team. I think we're up to about 46 maybe wow. creators from all over the world. We've got a few in Canada, a couple in the UK, um, and then mostly based here in the US as well. So it's fun. Yeah. I really enjoy, enjoy what I get to do with Deeper Kidman. And what I love about that is it's children's leaders who are in the trenches creating this stuff. So we yep. know that it's not somebody sitting in a room writing curriculum going, man, I wonder if this works. I mean, yep. most of this stuff, I bet you it's tried and true. And, and I like that is, you know, so if you're a creator or you are looking for good material, where do they find you? Deeperkidman.com? Yeah. Deeperkidman.com. That's D-E-E-P-E-R-K-I-D-M-I-N. Um, and the name really just comes from our goal is that we want kids to grow into a deeper, more vibrant relationship with Jesus. And so all of our resources are centered around supporting you as a children's pastor as you you do that with the families and kids that you lead and serve. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's dig into this. We're going to talk about today. How are we organized? How are we administrative? As I was yeah. talking to Brittany, as we were setting this up, I read her bio. And one of the things that she said is she goes, I love organization. I love administration. And I said, and we need to have you on to talk with kids, <laughs> kids ministry leaders, because it's one of those areas that if you are not good, like if you just want to play with kids and like you get into kids ministry because you you are a big kid or whatever it is, you're going to quickly realize that you got to be organized. 
that you've got to have a good game plan. You've got to have good methods. And I think it's really the systems in place, right? To be organized yep. and to, yep. to make the administration. There's the budgeting. And I mean, there's so much to what a kids pastor does that is not with kids. I mean, we're building mm-hmm. teams. We're, you know, especially if you're in a larger setting, if you're in a mobile church, like we're church planners, luckily we have a building, but there's some dynamics there. I mean, so yeah. here's my number one question. What do you think is one area that most kids ministry leaders lack in organization and mm. that they can get better in? Mm, that's a good question. I know it's a curveball. Yeah, it is. Let's see. So probably it's probably the pain point area for all of children's ministry in general would be volunteers. Yes. I think a lot of times children's ministry leaders lack organization and volunteers at some point in kind of the volunteer process, whether it's onboarding volunteers, training them, recruiting them, retaining them, right? Like I think if we could get more organized around some of those things, we would have a a couple fewer headaches. Like I think we'd still have some volunteer headaches because you're working with people is always going to mean some bumps in the road. But I think if we could get a little more organized in the way that we we communicate with our volunteers and the way that we schedule them, set up our teams, things like that, I think I think that would would solve some of our problems when it comes. Well, and I would say when you look at ministry and you look at anything in life, work smarter, not harder. And so there needs to be systems in place like in your scheduling. You know, I mean, planning center is an incredible tool to use to yeah. schedule your team where you're not doing it by hand or you're not trying to figure mm-hmm. it out on your own. Like it's worth it to get some of the planning, the planning and the organization in place um, that the software can help you with. Because then yeah. when you do have the bumps in the road, right, like the, mm-hmm. the volunteer issues, you're not trying to deal with all the administrative side and deal with the people side. Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to quickly address the problems that come up because you have a system or a process in place that says, "Okay, well, when a volunteer calls out, we do step A, B and C, you know, or if a volunteer suddenly can't do this, then our steps are one, two, three. It's our, you know, it's already mapped out. It's already planned out. You've already got, like you said, the system in place to kind of shift gears a little bit, but to continue running smoothly so that it doesn't doesn't cause too much of a kink. Totally. Uh, Explain a system. I would love to hear your thoughts on that because I think we hear that a lot in ministry and yeah. I'm not sure anyone defines that. So what's in your mind? Sure. system? Mm, yeah, that's good. That's a good question too. So I would say a system is almost like creating tracks in the snow, yep. right? So if you have this fe- wide open field of ministry, we'll call it the children's ministry snow field. Oh <laughs> Stay with right. me, friends. Stay with me. <laughs> it's <laughs> almost like a state. It should be the snow. Field. I mean, it's not big. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So a giant field, right? And then if you walk through the snow, it creates a path. If you walk through that path again, it solidifies the path. And the more you walk that path, the more apparent, the more obvious, the easier that path becomes. And so I think when we create systems in our children's ministry, it's like creating paths through the snow that make the second time through that path a little bit easier, right? And the third time a little bit easier. And then the fourth time a little bit easier, eventually to the point where someone else could walk in and also identify very quickly how something works because that path has been defined and laid out and solidified um, and and kind of worked through. And so I, I, I would say a system for your children's ministry is something that you probably do over and over again, um, yeah. the same actions, but yeah. you've set them up um, in such a way that they can be easily duplicated or delegated to someone else. And yes. so a system allows you to be more efficient because you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Um, it allows you to be more efficient in the sense that you can delegate certain things and say, hey, go walk up down that snowy path. You know, <laughs> like yeah. here, take this and go. Um, 
And it's just almost really like putting the road signs. Organized. It's like you're putting the road signs on the path mm -hmm. so people know, yep. okay, when I go step A, this is, you know, this is where I go. Step B, step C. Yep. The cool thing about pro uh, systems is they're really processes to help you accomplish the vision of ministry. So yep. what do you want to see? And then how do we get there? Yep. You know, exactly. I think another area of organization that's super important is our own calendar. Speak to oh, us about absolutely. that. absolutely. Yes. So calendars are... I don't know how people live without a calendar, honestly. People are like, oh, I don't keep a calendar. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, like, I can't, my mind, I can't even like wrap my mind around that. Yeah. Um, but it's so, so important not only to keep ourselves organized, but also to keep kind of the larger church vision in mind as well. So I mentioned my husband is a youth pastor. And when I was the children's pastor, he was the youth pastor at the same time. And so that was a fun working dynamic. But it also meant that I was very aware of youth events that were going on. And so I was yeah. like, well, I'm not going to plan a children's ministry event the same weekend that he's got all the youth on a retreat because I wouldn't have any youth volunteers, you know. Yeah. And so even just keeping a calendar and being aware of what else is going on in the church is super, super vital. Um, but even just for us as leaders, as planners, um, I always tell people, you know, when they ask about, well, how do you plan for an event on your calendar? Right. I say, well, pick the date that you want the event to happen and then work backwards. Yep. So I think sometimes people try to start at the beginning and say, oh, I'm going to start with planning and then I'm going to recruit the volunteers and then I'm going to buy the supplies. And then the, the date comes and they're like, but somehow I'm doing it all in the week before, you know? Yep. And so I always say, put the event on the calendar and then work backwards from there. So if you're, you know, having something for Easter and two weeks before Easter, what needs to be, have been done. And then three yes. weeks before Easter, what do you need to do? And then two months before Easter, right? Um, what do you need to be working on? And and that's really easy to see, I think, with VBS. So if you're planning your VBS for the first week of June, what happens, what needs to happen, you know, by the end of May? What needs to happen by the end of April? What needs to happen by the end of March? And you work backwards to kind of get some dates on the calendar for yourself beyond just the the, the actual event, like right? Because I think that's another problem too, is that we put the date of the event on the calendar, but we don't put any other dates on the calendar of right. like due dates or checkpoints or milestones, kind of whatever you want to call it. Um and I think a calendar, yeah, so, so important. So we used important. to do checklists for our events. And I would say this, one of the things, the last week before the event should only be prepped. Like literally, yes. like yep. it should not be running around. Like if you don't have it prepared by that point, you're in trouble. And yeah. I think a lot of kid, kids ministry workers are working right up to the last minute mm -hmm. and they're frazzled. They don't get to enjoy it. And yeah. so we put this checklist, we did a big fall festival and we would put the checklist mm -hmm. together as we learned and so every year that would be our same checklist. And I knew when everything was checked off that list, we had covered everything. Yeah. So there was no sitting there wondering like, oh my gosh, did we miss something? Or, you sure. know, that last kind of couple of day panic, like the enemy comes and tries to convince you that you forgot <laughs> to do something. Yeah. Like, nope. Everything's checked off our list. We are yeah. set to go. And see, that's a system, right? Yeah. Like we talked about systems a minute ago, a checklist. A system doesn't have to be anything super fancy, right? A system can be something as simple as a checklist that you use year after year to help you, like you said, stay on top of things and not be frazzled and help you focus more on the relationship aspect. So I think that's something that I know I fell into as a children's pastor sometimes when I would be so focused on the administration and the organization because I was like, what am I missing that at the event itself? I'm still so frazzled that I don't get to pour into the relationships that I, I'm there to build, right? Like once by the time the event is starting, you want to be able to put the administrative stuff aside, let your systems do the work for you so that you can focus on the relationship aspect of things. Totally. Totally. And I think I think part of that too is realizing 
what can only you do and what mm-hmm. can you delegate to somebody else? Absolutely. Because like, only you as the kids pastor can build the relationship with parents that you need to build. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be a volunteer. And right. so like, how do you free yourself up? And maybe mm-hmm. administration, talk to people who administration organization is not their skill set. It yeah. drives them nuts. It makes them tired. How do they work around that? Yeah. Well, yeah. It energizes you. Sure. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. I'm weird. Like it, 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 I get excited about it. I love organization and administration and, you know, color coding things and organizing things, which I think I passed on to my three-year-old because the other day I was like, Hey, what you, what you up to? She's like, mommy, I'm organizing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so proud. Um, But (laughs) anyway, so I I think for the people who are like, gosh, administration makes me want to poke my eyes out. I would say two things. First, I would say try and shift your mindset about administration, because I think a lot of times we think of administration as just like the boring, tedious things that we have to do, which they might be boring and tedious sometimes. But if we also see them as something that's vital for our ministry, it can help shift our mindset about them. And so I always tell people, think of administration like a trellis for a vine, right? A trellis is a structure that's in place that allows the vine to grow. And without that structure, the vine wouldn't grow to its full potential. So administration is the same thing for your ministry. It gives it some structure that allows your ministry to grow and to thrive. Um, It doesn't constrain it because I think that's a lot of times people think, oh, administration, you know, organization just confines me and I can't be creative. And like, well, there's actually a lot of organization within creativity. Um, But that's another, that's another podcast. (laughs) We'll have you on to talk about that again, but what if that frees you up to be more creative? Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. So administration is a trellis for your vine. So think of administration as something that supports what you do, that gives you the structure and the stability to to help you do the things that you actually enjoy. Um, And then the second thing I would say is if you truly hate it, (laughs) if you truly, it's not something, it's not your strength. If you really just don't like to do it, don't want to do it, find a team member who does, right? Like recruit someone to be on your team and surround yourself with people who are great at it. There's Um, somebody out there that loves it. Yeah. There's somebody else out there like me who's like, yes, please let me organize your supplies, you know, or like, please let me coordinate your volunteers. Like there's, there are people out there um, who do enjoy it. So one, I'd say, try and shift your mindset. Look at the value of administration as a way to support and structure your ministry to grow. And then two, find support, right? Like find, find other people who do enjoy it and you can delegate those things so that you can focus on the things that you do actually enjoy about ministry. Well, and, and in that, we can't procrastinate. Like, that's the mm. thing. If you don't like organization and administration, putting yeah. it off is not going to help get it solved sooner. It just kind of weighs on your shoulders. And so I think that that's... Sometimes it can make it worse. <laughs> yeah, it makes it worse. And like, depending on when you have the most energy of the day, when you don't, mm. like, find a time where if you just have like administration stuff to do, and it doesn't mm. take a lot of creativity... Find Mm -hmm. that time of the day when you're just like, okay, I got to get through this and get it done. I love that mind shift change. I think that's, that's so good. What do you think is one, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, Mm -hmm. but what do you think is one area that's vital, 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 just to hit on this again, that we are organized, that we are, that we've got it together. Budget. Yeah. Oh, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, that was my lead. Like I love administration and organization, but I do not love budgeting. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't love the budget and keeping track of the budget and staying organized with all that stuff. Like 
Uh, it's just, it's awful. I, <laughs> I, I don't like it. You love that. Well, good for you. We'll make yeah. a good team then. Yes. <laughs> you can do all my budgeting stuff. I'll do, I'll do all the other things. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think budgeting because we have to be good stewards of the resources that God has given us. And that's really what I had to learn as a leader was that budgeting is not like, yes, you know, I've got to turn in my receipts so that I can get reimbursed yeah. for things and keep track of the budgets, make sure I don't overspend. But when it comes down to it, it's being good stewards of what God has given us and the resources that he's provided for us. Um, and actually one of my biggest mistakes probably as a children's ministry leader had to do with the budget. And we were planning a, we were planning a family VBS one summer and I was all excited, all on board and some things happened and circumstances changed and we had to shift gears like two weeks before the oh, event. Wow. And so had to completely kind of redo things and completely shift it to a totally other kind of vision. And it was a little bit nutty, but in doing that, I was like in my panic mode of trying to shift gears. I was like, just spend all the money, right? <laughs> like, uh, buy all the things, like whatever I need, I'm just going to buy. I'm not going to look at price tags. Like I'm just going to buy it and we'll deal with it later. Um, which we did have to deal with it later, but I way oh. overspent, like way overspent. And so had to talking to with my senior pastor. He was like, Brittany, you, you can't do that. You know And I'm like? I know. I'm sorry. It was a great event. I will say yeah. that <laughs> it was awesome, <laughs> but it meant that I got a little in trouble, right? I had a little bit more, um, someone who had to kind of, I had to report more often what I was doing. Um, and it also meant that there were things that I had planned for later in the year that I could no longer do because I had spent the money on this one event. Um, and so, yeah, so I think budgeting just allows us to be good stewards of, like I said, the resources that God has given us that allows us to do ministry the way we want to and the, the level that we want to. And I know budget is hard because some people don't have a budget, <laughs> right. right? Or they're spending out of their own own pockets, or it's very very limited budget. Um, but no, no matter the size of the budget or lack of size of budget, I think that's that's one key area that's vital to uh, to stay on top of with the well, and, and the thing the thing about it is your your lead pastor is having to answer for a budget, and mm -hmm. so when you when you don't have your budget together, then it falls into his lap or her lap, and it yeah. makes it more difficult. And you know, I'm sure without even really realizing it, there was a little bit of trust maybe lost in that moment. Oh yeah. You had to rebuild it with your lead pastor. And yeah. it's one of those areas that, that could be avoided and mm -hmm. man, you can lose money so quick. I mean, like, yeah. you, Oh man, it's, it's difficult. You've got to yes. have a good budgeting plan. You've got to keep mm -hmm. track of it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and in that, I mean, it's just so important that, that you really, really, really get that in line. And it's maybe not your funnest thing to do, or it's yeah. funnest a word. I don't know if it's a word, but it, can use it. <laughs> you know, you, you might dread that part of it, but that again will free you up to do ministry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that idea, one of the areas too, within budget that I think organization has to come in is you've got to know where all your supplies are at. You've got to know where mm -hmm. your confidence, like what's in them. Cause if you're, if yes. you already have something, but you have no idea where it's at because of your organization, mm -hmm. you're spending extra money. Yep, absolutely. Spend. I mean, and so yeah. talk to us about like, what do you like to color code? I've heard that come up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I mentioned that we were a mobile church. Okay. And so the children's ministry supply closet was the spare bedroom in my house. Okay. And so I really, A, really wanted to be organized because I was like, I have to look at this because I live with it. Um, but then, like you said, I needed to be organized because I didn't want to spend extra money on things that I already had like sitting in in my supply closet. And so I typically color coded things by like general craft supplies, a 
specific event. Like there were some things we, we did a um, glow in the dark egg hunt every year. Oh, nice. like, that's a very specific type of event. Right. And so there were, there were resources and things that we would use specifically for that event that would all go in one bin together. That would be its own color. Um, sometimes I would organize things, color code things by age group okay. or by like Sunday morning versus special event type resources and things like that. Um, but I think the thing that saved me the most with organization of supplies is clear plastic bins. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like yes. Just having them clear so that you can see what's inside um, very quickly. And then I usually had a, a sheet of paper on the front that also said, you know, here's what's inside this box, general supplies. And I would list, you know, scissors, markers, glue sticks, crayons, whatever, um, and be able to kind of quickly at a glance, see what was where and, and what was, what was involved. That's so good. So. You know, and I think one of the things that comes along with this idea of organization is you've got to be thinking, okay, you know, because we all want to grow, right? I mean, the church wants to grow. We should be wanting to grow in our ministries. So what kind of organization do I need to have? If I'm a church of 150, what kind of organization do I have to have to be a church of 300? Like sure. start to put that into place now. Yeah. Um, what are some ideas on how you would do that? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I heard someone say... <clears throat> And I don't remember who it was now. So sorry, person, um, can't give you credit. But I heard someone say that you should always run your ministry as if it's twice the size that it is. Yes. Um, so that when it does become twice the size, you're ready and prepared for it. Um, and so I think I think the first place to start with that is enforcing the policies that we already have. Yes. <laughs> right. And like being diligent with the policies and procedures that are already in place. Um, one that comes to mind is check in and check out yes. for a small church. It's very easy to be like, we all know each other, you know, like we know the parents it's fine. We don't need to check tags and compare numbers and make sure that kids are going to the right person. Like just let them go. It's okay. Um, which is fine in a small setting, but when you get to a, a larger church or as you continue to grow as a church, that becomes a safety issue, right? And yeah. so I think the first place to start is identifying the policies and procedures that you have in place that you're not really following, you know, like we, we've all got them, right. um, if we're honest, um, and being more diligent with those so that you can identify kind of the weak spots or where, you know, the, some of the growing pains might come in. And I will tell you this, if you have a policy in place that you're not following and something mm -hmm. happens, and mm -hmm. yeah. we'll hold you liable because like yeah. I mean, we've been through that. We've been, we had a junior high youth pastor molest two boys in our first church oh and we had to go through all of our policies, all of our procedures. Thank God we were following them. Um, mm. but, you know, I think we have to be thinking, sometimes we think, well, our church is too small, but mm. if you open your doors, your church is not too small. I mean- yeah. You are there. You never know who's going to come in the doors. We pastored mm -hmm. a church in Port Angeles, Washington, where the church was running about 300 at that point. So it wasn't huge. Mm -hmm. but we one day came down into one of our classrooms and somebody no one knew was teaching our kids. Like he had slipped huh. in the back door and it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I mean, audit, obviously yeah. we have policy in place to make sure that doesn't happen, sure. but we had to nail that even in greater. Um, back probably 10 years ago when I was at national headquarters, there was a, a thing that came across my plate that there was like a pedophile, like mm. Facebook page or like a back page thing that they were going to local churches and taking pictures at events of their kids. Oh and my like, gosh. if you don't have that in place, like if you're not, yeah. following, like there's no, and that's not to scare anybody, but like, it's sure. to be really honest to say, I don't care if your church is 50, 150, mm -hmm. 300, it's our duty to, or, to protect our kids. 
Yes, absolutely. And follow absolutely. policy. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. it's, I mean, it is eye-opening when you run across that. I wrote a national mm-hmm. article for our denomination, like, hey, you've got to keep an eye, you have to keep an eye on who's yeah. at your events. And like, I mean, it was our fall festival. I mean, and so like that just completely changed perspective on that. So yeah, I didn't mean to overtake. Yeah. I was just like, it just. No, that's great. That is definitely. So what yeah. else? Yeah. Let's see in terms of thinking about growing. Um, I think then I'd say start looking at what systems can you put in place that yeah. free you up to do other things. So like, what can you automate? What can you delegate? Those would be kind of two things, two system types, I guess, to look at. Like, what can you automate? What can you make something that's automatic that runs on its own without you having to touch it? And then what can you delegate? What can you pass on to someone else and give them the ownership and the leadership in it? Um, And so looking at things like volunteer coordination, that was one of the things that I passed off and delegated to someone else as a children's pastor. Um, she came on, she was a, a, a fellow volunteer in the ministry, like a rock star volunteer. And I taught her the system. I taught her planning scenario. I taught her how to send the emails, how to follow up with people. Um, and so she took that over for me and it was amazing because <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't have to worry about it. Right. Um, and I could focus on the lesson preparation and connecting with families and all the other things that the other hats that children's ministry leaders have to wear. Um, so yeah, so look at the systems and what can you automate and what can you delegate? You brought up a really good point. Because if you feel like you have to do everything, mm. you're going to fail. I mean, mm-hmm. and there are some leaders who feel like I can't give stuff off. They're not going to do it as mm-hmm. well as I do. Even if they do it as 80% as well as you had, you're yeah. still winning. I mean, yeah. like, and teach them and pull your head out of the administration. And, you know, I mean, literally, if you're doing it all and that's the way you have it set mm-hmm. up, it's going to mm-hmm. be hard to delegate because mm-hmm. you're not looking around for that. I think also one of the things I'd recommend is look to churches that are the size you want to be and get a hold mm. of their pastors and say, yeah. what do I need to know? Like if, you know, we're a church of 150 and we want to be 500, call them, you know, I'd even say a church of a thousand, call them and say, hey, what do I need to know to mm, have policy and in place, you know, um, get yeah. those friends on. That's what I love about the Kidman circle is there's so many great Kidman leaders who will share anything with you. Yep. You know, and so that means you also have to get connected. Because if you're not connected to those leaders, so going to things like CPC or mm-hmm. Megacon or what's your favorite kid ministry conference? You have one? Hmm. I don't I don't know if I have a favorite. I'll say CPC is where God called me into children's ministry. Me, yeah. Yes, that was one of my first ones too. So yeah. So it was the first one I went to. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. So maybe I guess CPC. And CPC is in Orlando. It'll be yep. coming up. It's from INCM. Uh, International Children's Ministry Network. Is it incm.org? I think it is. So if you're, looking so. For, if you're looking for a great conference in Orlando in January next year, man, check it out. That's a great one. Yeah. I guess we're February. So it just happened. I was thinking like we're farther in the year than we are. <laughs> no. Still know. only February. <laughs> Still only February. Well, and this is airing in May. So you're a little bit yeah. closer in May. So that's so true. Just, Tickets might even be on sale by now in May. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So we just gave away our secret that we're recording it way early, <laughs> but we're organized. We are organized. Right. I was going to say, we're organized. We're planning ahead. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So do you have any final kind of parting thoughts you want to leave us with? Um, I guess I would say another part, last thing, 
Another part of administration is protecting your own time as well as a leader, because we give so much of ourselves and so much of our time and our energy and our family's time and energy too, um, that when you have good administration and good organization, it allows you to protect your time, time off, time away, time of rest, Sabbath, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's so, so important because I think the more organized you are, then the more freedom you have to step back away from your ministry and let someone else either run it for a weekend or for, you know, a, a day to, to be able to step away from the email for a day or two. Um, yeah. So the email will just as important. Yeah. Email yeah. doesn't go anywhere. I promise. <laughs> yeah. It will still be there 24 hours later. Um, yeah. So a good administration is good for your ministry, but it's also good for you as a leader um, to give you that freedom to protect your time and to, to take, to take a step back when you need it and prevent burnout. Totally. I mean, and like when you write down your life on a piece of paper mm -hmm. and you go all the way to the edges on both sides and the top and bottom, which a lot of kids ministry leaders do with everything they have to do, you have no yeah. margin. And mm -hmm. margin is such an important aspect. That's why you can't go to the edge of the paper. You have to have margin mm -hmm. when you write. Mm -hmm. You just have margin. In our lives, we have to have margin too. If your life is so full that you can't, you know, don't add, don't keep adding, don't keep saying yes. And I'm speaking to myself. It's easy to say yes to everything that comes yeah. along. And I love to say yes, but it's hard. I mean, when yeah. you realize if you get to the spot where like, I shouldn't have said yes, then, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's really difficult. And I can imagine having a youth pastor and a children's pastor in the same family, how you balance that schedule out. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was a big, one of the big reasons that I shifted gears and went into, you know, deeper kid men because I, it was like, well, this is not going to be sustainable long-term. We did it for five years and it was great, but it, we knew it wasn't going to be sustainable. And so I kind of decided, well, if I can't be a children's pastor, then I want to support children's pastors. And so that's a big heart behind Deeper Kidman and why and how it got started. I love it. And now that you're having kids, it's a great to be able to focus in, um, yep. you know, which I think is so important for moms to do, you know, mm -hmm. so. Kudos. That's awesome. Well, hey, will you pray for our leaders? We're right at the end of our time. Thank you so much, Brittany. Man, I want to have you on again. I'd love to have you on to talk about that other topic. You know, I mean, just to dig in and talk some more. So we'll have yeah, you on again. Absolutely. And cool. I appreciate your time. So will you pray for our leaders today? Yes. Let's pray. Um, God, we thank you for this time to come together and to talk about and listen to a conversation about administration and children's ministry. God, thank you that you are a God of organization and that you are a God of structure and of planning. And so, Lord, we thank you for the, the leaders that you've instilled that in, God, as a spiritual gift. And God, I pray for the leaders who hate it too, God. Um, I just pray kind of just a supernatural administrative ability over every leader in children's ministry so that we can have that structure in our ministries that is the trellis for our vine that allows our ministries to grow and to thrive and to be healthy and to flourish. So Lord, I thank you for everyone listening. Um, for the leaders who aren't listening to God, I just pray that you would bless their ministries, um, bless their ministries with growth, not just in numbers, but in depth of relationship with you. So we thank you for this time, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Brittany, thank you so much. Kidman Tribe, we will catch you on the next edition. Have a great week. Go get organized. Love some organization. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you. We would love to hear from you. What are some of the thoughts, questions, ideas you would like to hear more about? You can submit your thoughts and questions to thekidmantribe.com slash mailbag. And be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know. Hey everyone, what an incredible uh, time of talking about being organized 
and really digging into administration. Listen, you're at the, the six month mark of this year. You can literally take the next couple of months and get prepared and organized for this coming year. It's not a great, it's, it's a challenging topic to talk about, especially when it's not in your gifting. Uh, so I wanna encourage you in that. Listen, do me a favor, wherever you watch the podcast, go and like the platform, subscribe, share it with everyone you know, leave a comment and review, give us a high five. If you like it, please just share more about it. You can also find us at our online home, kidmantribe.com, where we have a bi-weekly blog that you're gonna to wanna to check out. There's some great leadership tools there, some great swag that you can get for yourself or your volunteers. Also, if you have any thoughts or questions or topics or things that you just want us to know, you can go to our mailbag and that's found at kidmantribe.com backslash mailbag. Share all of those thoughts, share everything you're thinking. We wanna help you and, and we wanna be there. One of the biggest responsibilities and challenges that a kids ministry leader has is how do we build a strong team? I'm excited that we have the one and only Jim Weidman on the podcast again to give us five secrets to building an incredible team. We cannot do kids ministry without a team. And Jim's gonna help us know how to build one, how to train, how to equip, and how to encourage. Jim is one of the veterans of kids ministry and has encouraged and trained kids ministry leaders for decades. Jim Weidman has the unique ability to help the local church by strengthening the family, empowering leaders, and building great teams. He's a pastor, speaker, author, and ministry coach with more than 45 years of experience serving in all areas of the local church, including 17 years of leading one of the largest children's ministries in the United States. Jim has trained thousands of children's ministry leaders in the U.S. and around the world. He's worked in six different thriving churches in the span of almost five decades and has published over 15 books. This guy is a guru. You're not going to want to miss it. Jim currently serves as the executive operations pastor at Conduit Church in Franklin, Tennessee. Jim and his wife, Julie, have been married for 43 years and have two wonderful daughters and have three of the cutest grandsons ever. I will debate him on that now that I have a grandson. All right, maybe it's three of his and one of mine. I don't know. You definitely don't want to miss this podcast. Whether you have an incredible team or you're just getting started building your team, this podcast is going to be for you. I want you to remember that in this six-month mark, take a few moments to evaluate. Take a few moments out to say, okay, God, what do you have for the next six months? As you're going into the summer, into a busy season, make sure you take some time. In fact, take a couple days and do a prayer retreat before you get into this busy season. What you're doing is changing lives for eternity. I'm your biggest fan. Thank you for all that you do. You are making a difference. You're my heroes. Love you so much. We'll catch you in two weeks here on the Kidman Tribe Podcast. Thanks for being a part. The Kidman Tribe Podcast is a production of 1230 Kids. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your kids' ministry, visit kidmantribe.com.